what is the question that you are currently seeking an answer to? Mm-hmm. And it really makes them think. And I think that question is also applicable to your life. What is an area that you are trying to improve in mm-hmm. or want to know more about? Who is, who is that individual that you're looking to connect with? What are the different qualities that make him or her? So I think to answer the original question of what can people do is I think just be open-minded to the fact that it all starts with questioning yourself and what you currently have inside of you. Mm. Now, there are elements of yourself that you haven't exposed to yourself yet because you haven't had the different interactions. Welcome to the Kingsley Grant Show, the podcast dedicated to helping you become the leader everyone loves and wants to follow. Kingsley believes his leadership paradigm, emotelligence, the art of succeeding where others failed, is the key to achieving this status. On this show, Kingsley guides you through the uncharted waters of emotional intelligence and leadership essentials, with the guarantee that upon exit, you will become more skilled in relationship management, decision-making, and job performance. Now here's your host, your coach, and your Sherpa, Kingsley Grant. Here we go, here we go, here we go. This is your boy, Kingsley Grant, behind the Jamaican microphone, bringing you yet another show. Today, I am coming to you from the command center of the Immortelligent Leadership Institute, where I am in an undisclosed location because I'm written into the vault of where I have stacks and stacks of the resources that I have especially for you. They are selected. So today, I'm going to reach as right now into the vault. Okay, I've, I, I've got it. Uh, yeah, let me put that down here. All right, we've got it. We've got it. And now we can unpack for you another show. And today we are having a special guest with us on the show as we talk about the power of leading from within. And not just that, but the magical effect that that has on the workplace when you are able to tap into a part of your being as a leader that could be transforming. This you might not even realize because not many people focus on this kind of leadership. But our guest today will and have gone that path and will help us understand how it works, what that looks like, and what might be some things you might want to consider as you lead your people. So today, we have a special guest with us, and I want to give our guests enough time to really unpack this topic. And so I don't want to take away from any more of his time. Our guest today is Oleg Lohid. And with that said, I would like for you to put your hands together and let us welcome to the show our guest today, Oleg Lohid. Thank you for joining me on the Kings of Grant show, the show for emerging and experienced leaders who want to boost productivity, performance, and morale within the workplace. Today, we have a special guest on the show. His name is Oleg Lohid. 
Let me tell you a few things about Oleg and we'll fill in the rest as we go. His start in life was inauspicious. At nine years old, he relinquished his parents' rights and entered the Russian orphanage. At 12 years old, he decided to be adopted into a new family, in a new country, halfway across the world to start a new life. At 24 years old, he began his journey of helping others live the life they have always dreamed of, despite their hardships and misfortunes by allowing them to recognize the uniqueness and worth within their own story. It's my pleasure to welcome Oleg to the show. Oleg, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for the kind introduction and thank you so much for connecting to begin with. Yeah, it's, it's just one brief um, point here. We connected through LinkedIn, which I think is a great mm-hmm. platform for this kind of connection. So I really appreciated the fact that you had some things, saying some things on LinkedIn that resonated. And it's a great way if you are listening and you're not on LinkedIn, let me encourage you to do that because this is a great way to connect with people like Oleg and build relationship. Mm-hmm. And here he is as a guest on my show. So it's a pleasure. So look, Oleg, the question I open the show and ask all my guests is this. When you hear the word leader and or leadership, what comes to your mind? That's a great question. And I think the best way that I could answer that based on my understanding and personal experience of having experienced that particular concept is that I would say a leader is someone who leads from within. Mm. And what I mean by that is any action that we take starts within us. Mm. We get to determine the why behind a particular action and the motive. And I think it is important to, I'm, I'm going to speak from my own self it is that when I started this disco- this discovery of really trying to understand who am I and what I began to learn is that the more I looked within my journey and all the different experiences that made up who I am, the more I began to realize that I am a product of multiple identities. Mm. I'm a product of multiple personas that I had to have within my life. All of them I chose some of them, I I guess you could say I didn't have a choice but to choose them mm-hmm. due to the circumstances that I had. And so what was really important for me in evaluating that particular question was that I really had to dig deep and understand what are my values and what do I truly align with. Mm. I think an opportunity like this where you and I are able to have this conversation, it aligns with one of my values and that is learning. I believe that I, as long as I don't stop learning, I won't stop living. Hmm. I like that. You know, as long as you don't stop learning, you won't stop living. And I, you know, I think what also that part, and I appreciate your your response to that question, mm-hmm. only because you said something very interesting. And I think the last part of what you just said about the learning aspect, you know, so my, my newest book is The Immortelligent leader succeed where others failed. And in one of those chapters, I speak about leadership 
is craftsmanship, which is a mm-hmm. learning aspect, making your craft better and so on. So you're, you're citing then that also that is very important for that leader that he or she continues to grow. So in that aspect, how would you say they can um, pursue growth? What are some of the ways that you would suggest and you have helped people to pursue growth in their own personal journey as a leader? Well, I think the first one, it really boils down to understanding what makes up a leader to begin with, right? Mm -hmm. And it all, like I said before, it starts with who you are and really identifying what you stand for as a human being. Now, as far as the growth and the different stages that you were able to achieve or that I've been able to achieve within life is once again, it is all dependent on me. I think I have a choice in telling myself how far I'm able to go with a particular task. Mm. As part of it, what's been very interesting along this journey is really reframing the concepts and the different circumstances and obstacles that I've been able to encounter along this journey and understanding that impossible is only defined by how I view it. Mm. I recently saw an image and it compared the word impossible to possible. Hmm. And it was a one, it was one image. And I remember looking at it. And it, as I looked at it closely, I began to see a pattern. And it was, I'm possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's when it really made sense to me as far as you have a choice in how you view any particular word, any particular instance, any particular event in your life. And so as far as growth, you get to determine how far you are willing to go. And that is, how much are you willing to push yourself to get to X, Y, and Z degree? For me, one of the things that I try to do on a daily basis is I push myself by doing at least one to two to maybe sometimes maybe in five, five things. Like right now, I'm looking at a list of things to do and I have at least 10 different things that I have never done before. And so as part of that, it requires you to go into these fields with the unknown, but also knowing that you have what it takes to achieve any one of those things. Mm. It Mm. may not be the approach that you think of in your head right now, but there is a way. There is a person out there who is willing to connect with you on a level that you need to connect with in order to achieve X, Y, and Z goal, dream, or aspiration. And so it all boils down to just telling yourself to not give up, to know that there's a way, if there is a will, and that you'll find that way as long as you continue to connect with others from within. And that is speaking a message, I think, beyond our written or verbal words into existence and allowing people like yourself to connect with me. Mm-hmm. You know, it, uh, I'm sorry, yeah. I, I wanted to, you said something very interesting. I wanted to kind of not um, go too far away from until I, I mentioned this because you talk mm-hmm. about the idea of the, um, the, the connecting piece. You talk about the idea of the, um, you know, um, poss- uh, it's not impossible, is that, you know, um, possible. it is possible to do certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I wonder though, like you are addressing, I'm hearing the idea of connection, partnership, collaboration, and all those, those, those things. Um, do you find that sometimes some people who, because, they may not have a 
leadership skill. They have been promoted. They have got the position of leadership because of the time you know, spent in the organization. They may get the position because of the how they've demonstrated their ability to work at a certain skill set level. Mm-hmm. But the, the, the skill of leading from within, as you described, may not be there. So I'm hearing you're saying a belief system must be there. What mm-hmm. else would you identify as for that leader to say, hey, here's another way you can develop or identify that that leadership skill you might want to grow, and here's why that is so important for you with leading people? Well, I think the two things that come to mind, I would say, are self-awareness and empathy. Mm. And the reason I why I say that, those... I love that, I love that. Mm-hmm. I want to say I love that. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. <laughs> and the reason why I say those two things is because I think leaders, as I'm sure you've noticed throughout your work, and I remember um, watching a video by Simon Sinek a little while ago, and he had mentioned how authority and leadership are two very different things. Mm. So authority, that is your title or position within a particular uh, organization, does not necessarily make you a leader. Just because you are a CEO, it doesn't automatically give you the skills of self-awareness, empathy, and all these other things, motivation to help others keep going through obstacles to be a leader. A janitor can be a leader. Mm -hmm. A secretary can be a leader. And so that's why I think it's important to look at ourselves as individuals, as I do on a daily basis, and really try and evaluate and use self-awareness as much as I can in order to understand the environments I'm in. And the environments that I'm a part of allow me to really understand how to connect with other people. And that's where I think empathy comes in. Being able to relate to another person. You know, as, as I'm sure you've and some of the listeners that you have on the show are able to relate. And that is we can connect to one another in so many different degrees. Yeah. I don't have to have been through the same exact event at the same exact time or same exact place in order to feel some of the things that you're trying to convey to me. Mm. There's so many different ways for us to relate. Feelings, values, beliefs, thoughts. And as long as I'm able to keep one of those in mind, then I think our opportunities to connect with one another and understand each other yeah. only increases. You know, what, what What do you say to that leader, Oleg, who probably, as I hear, you know, I'm from Jamaica. That's my background. I was born mm-hmm. there and raised there in my early years. And one thing I remember is that we, I grew up in a time where, especially for guys, right? Guys were supposed to be tough. Don't show your emotions. Don't even get in touch with your emotions, much less to actually show them. And so when it comes to empathy, it it seems so like you know that is just doesn't see, seem to fit the leadership style because how do I get people to do the things and mm-hmm. and get the work done if I'm going to be empathetic and soft and touchy feely? But that's not what I'm I'm not hearing you say that. What it is you would say to that person who may like me have that kind of t- uh, approach to leadership. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a very interesting you bring a very interesting point that you bring up, and I guess in order to answer that question fully. I have to go a little bit back in sharing a little bit of my story because I feel that I was in the same shoes that you might have been. And that is my story begins in a small town of Russia mm. called Chubarkul. 
And one of the things that ended up happening during my childhood was that my father was absent Mm -hmm. from earliest birth. And so growing up without a father or without a male figure made it very difficult for me to understand how do I show empathy Mm. to other male figures if I don't have one in front of me that's guiding and paving the way. And so what I ended up doing during that time was I relied on my sister and my mom Mm -hmm. who kind of would come in and out of my life because she was an alcoholic and you know, not to blame her. It's not her fault. Right. I've accepted that journey. And, but what, what it made me realize was that I think I myself am made up of so many different selves. And one of those selves is, as I'm sure you can relate, being able to relate to someone of the opposite gender of who mm-hmm. you are. Mm-hmm. And so I think when we're talking about empathy or, um, giving some sort of tips or tricks for people to develop that who haven't had those roles. I was in those shoes. Hmm. I, I, I can, in fact, I can put myself in those shoes again right now in situations where I wasn't able to relate with another male or I wasn't able to trust other male figures hmm. because I didn't have any male figures that were fully there for me and that didn't mislead me or didn't show things that I didn't res- that I respected. Mm. For example, when my birth mother's boyfriend used to beat her, I didn't respect that. Mm. But I was too young to do anything, too young to stand up to him. So I didn't trust him because of those actions. And so for a long time, I didn't have a foundation to go off of as far as the trust or being able to relate to another male figure when he's sharing a very deep or important aspect of who he is. The way that I've developed that over time is I think really understanding and forgiving Hmm. a lot of the male figures that I had in my life. And it was through forgiveness that I found acceptance Hmm. and that I found connection to others. Because it it essentially gave me a chance to look at it from the point of view that, yes, those things have happened, but what can you do with them now? Mm. How can you use all of those instances, all of those moments as principles to guide you forward, mm. as lessons learned? And that's when I think my mind has shifted and, and the relationships changed with a lot of the role – male models that I've had in my life and I began to trust them again mm. because I saw myself within them. Mm. You know, you are really touching on some very, very important things, Oleg, because you, you know, really I appreciate the fact and thank you for being vulnerable to share mm-hmm. what you just shared. And, you know, I think as someone's listening right now, I believe that part is going to resonate because it resonated with me in that, you know, I, I too basically had a similar 
kind of trust issue, having had a molestation issue as a teenage boy and with another male figure who was, you know, supposedly a trustworthy friend. So mm-hmm. I, I, I had to work through that myself. What I realized, and for that leader who is listening right now, that what it does, it, it allows us, because these are learnable skills. It's not like you mm-hmm. can't learn them, which I, I, so I, I'm glad you mentioned this thing because you had to learn these things and now, and to lead from within. And I find that it helps me to be more, compassionate and empathetic to people who I'm leading because I was, you know, for uh, for many years when I was actually leading in the work that I did in, the, in both in corporate and also nonprofit, I had to see and sum up as quickly as possible, assess some situation. And I was able to do that because I could identify quickly, you know, through body language and just the, the tonality of people that there's mm-hmm. something there I need to be curious about. So as a leader, it puts us in touch with that curiosity aspect to learn about our people, to become inquisitive, and then to find a way to solve or help them. So you're describing, which I th- I'm so thankful you mentioned that because I believe it's a very incredible self-awareness idea and mm-hmm. then to manage the relationships around you. So I wanted to, to, to um, tap into that briefly here because I believe that some leaders who have different styles of leadership are probably thinking that, you know, what if I don't, um, how do I develop the skills? So I have not been through those things. How else can I develop those skills that you have so, you know, incredibly described? Mm-hmm. Well, it's a great question, and I appreciate you sharing your story. And, you know, as part of that, one of the things it makes me think of is going through the experience that you have and going through the experience that I have. I do think it is in, it, incredibly important to be able to identify this as a skill, and that is a skill to read your environment and really understand the influences and influencers within it. Now, as part of that, it, it takes time. It's not going to, it doesn't happen overnight. It's not like I woke up one day and I said, okay, here it is. I have all the tools and all the skills. Now I do believe that we do have them within us, Yeah. but it takes time. It takes different conversations. It takes questioning, not only from yourself, but others. Mm. And, and I think the more that, that I invited other people into my life, the more questions I was asked that's when I was able to uncover some of these skills and really reframe the mindset. Mm. So to answer your question as far as what can people do to better understand how they can develop those skills if they haven't had the experiences that we had is that I think they already have the tools. Mm. It's just, it, it boils down to not even necessarily asking the right question, but asking a question. I like that. And that could be a question that you ask yourself or a question that you give another person an opportunity to ask you. Hmm. One of the things that I've learned, you know, throughout this podcasting journey, to be honest with you, is that when we had first started a podcast for our organization, one of the things I used to rely on was kind of the foundation that was built in journalism in general. And that is you had a set of questions and that's how you get the the narrative or the answer that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. But what I began to notice was that the more questions I brought to a particular interview, the 
more difficult it was to develop a naturally flowing narrative. Mm-hmm. What I've done since is I ask one question mm-hmm. of the guests prior to our show, and that is, what is a question that you are currently seeking an answer to? Mm-hmm. And it really makes them think. And I think that question is also applicable to your life. What is an area that you are trying to improve in mm-hmm. or want to know more about? Who is, it, who is that individual that you're looking to connect with? What are the different qualities that make him or her? So I think to answer the original question of what can people do is I think just be open-minded to the fact that it all starts with questioning yourself and what you currently have inside of you. Mm. Now, there are elements of yourself that you haven't exposed to yourself yet because you haven't had the different interactions. You know, you said something, I mean, there are, man, you've said a number of things I could just really, I mean, but so again, you know, I, I want to say thank you for as for mentioning about it's not the amount of questions, it's just um, a question. And sometimes I start in there, it opens up the, you know, so many different doors and different avenues in which you can pursue and, and be able to discover and have clarity around certain things. Mm-hmm. And you, you describe the idea of um, even the building a narrative. And I was, and I heard that I'm thinking about that leader who is struggling to build not just a narrative for him or herself, but also a narrative that's best for the team, meaning mm-hmm. that a narrative that would somehow um, project one that we are a, a safe um, environment. You can share, you can be open, you can be, describe your feelings, you can come in and talk about those things and not be judged. So it creates an atmosphere of we value you, you're important, you're more than just a, a number showing up to work. You are a mm-hmm. person. How mm-hmm. then would that person take in, again, what we've discussed so far? What might be the suggestion, Oleg? Because again, I really appreciate some things you've said before that that person can use to create an atmosphere, an environment that is suitable where people can feel safe enough to want to show up and not have to work so hard to protect themselves because they don't feel safe. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a great question. And the reason why is because it relates to the work that we've done with our organization, which is called Overcoming Odds. And one of the things that we actually do is we host events around the country where the focal point of every one of the events is to actually create a space where people can develop courage to be who they are. Mm. And as part of that, it, it it's a... It's a little bit difficult to describe. It's one of those things, I think, where you have to be a part of it to really understand how the event works and and what triggers certain responses or thoughts or feelings within you in order to help you get into that particular space. Mm. But I think the first one that I have noticed from those particular events is that having a common ground, Mm. and that is everyone is there for the same reason. And that reason is determined by them. I think that's the most beautiful thing about an experience like that is you get to determine the reason for why you are there. Mm -hmm. But I think the underlying question or the relationship that you have with that reason is your relationship with curiosity. Mm -hmm. Because when you go into an experience like that and you go in with no expectations and you, you literally 
almost can't predict what is bound to happen if you haven't been part of an experience of a similar setting. Right. Is that you go into it with the unknown. Mm. And that's where I think you are fully engaged with curiosity. Mm. And that's where I think you begin to focus on every one of the elements of the event. Everything that people share, how people sit, how people look at you. And you don't do it, I, I think for me, when it, when we first started doing this, I didn't do this to judge others. I didn't do this to say, oh, I'm higher up than X, Y, and Z right. along this path. I, I did it to genuinely observe how do people engage with environments that are new to them and what can we create from that particular space. You know, I think there is an emphasis, especially in the nonprofit world, to um, everything is based on impact and yeah. how many people are you impacting, what are the metrics. But I think there is also a, a hidden metric within that impact that you almost can't describe to other people. Mm. And that is how can you truly evaluate how a person felt at the event by connecting not only to him or herself, but to, but to those surrounding them. Mm. There's no way to measure that yeah. besides just being there and seeing the person's eyes light up, the person sharing aspects of themselves which they have never done before. So it, it's a great question that you ask as far as what can people do, and I, I don't have a direct response or direct answer to that because I think it all depends on the the person at stake. But what we've learned throughout our work is that it really just boils down to staying curious about who you are and knowing, and that is through self-belief, that you will meet other people along the way who share a similar journey to you mm. and who will be able to relate to who you are. You know, I think it goes back to what you said originally at the very beginning, Oleg, and I really, I think you kind of set a tone for your answer just now. And mm -hmm. even though there might not be a metric, but you said something at the very beginning when you talk about the whole belief idea. It's almost like having mm -hmm. the right belief is where it, it, it all begins. Because I think if you believe that this is important, it's necessary, it's, it's a driving force behind your success as a leader, then that's going to be able to help to um, not only reframe your process, but it will lead you to the kind of environment because it's collaborative, right? It's, it's something that mm -hmm. you're going to form together. It's not just on your own. But you just said something also about the, you know, how you make them feel. I love that because it reminds me of a quote by Maya, late Maya Angelou, who said, mm -hmm. you know, I've learned that people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. Mm -hmm. and, and and that is a critical part. You're right, because we're in the whole world of numbers and this metrics-driven thing. But then really at the end of the day is what people are feeling from what is happening that's going to generate the the outcome, the bottom line that you're looking for. So I really think it's very important. So tell us a little bit more about your organization because um I want to give you a time to also mention that because it sounds like what you guys are doing is something that, someone who's listening to could benefit from and experientially um, walk away with what it is they're also looking for in their lives. Mm -hmm. Well, the organization is called Overcoming Odds, and it had started two years ago. 
And the entire initiative was honestly born from a two-page blog post. That's all it was. It was a two-page blog post during which I shared my story of coming here from Russia and experiencing the different adversities, as you had mentioned before. And I titled the whole thing Overcoming Odds. Mm. And the reason why I titled it that way was because I think we all have odds within our lives, but yet we always find a way to overcome them. And so as I was writing that story and after I published it, what I noticed was within days of that, there were so many people that were reaching out to me and wanting to share their own story. They wanted to be heard. They wanted to be supported. And they wanted to be part of a community of others who have gone through similar experiences. And that's where it really made sense to create a space. It started off just as an online platform and it still is for a good portion of it where people can share their stories. Mm. And when you think about when you share your story, there are a couple purposes that um, it serves. One of those is that it allows people like yourself who may not have a direct experience of that particular journey to understand what it would be like if you were in their shoes. Mm. The second part of it is is it's a form of narrative therapy for you. Mm-hmm. When you get to sit down with just your thoughts and put it all down on paper, that's where I think for me, when I started to do that and I wrote that blog post, that's where I was ultimately able to forgive and accept a lot of the people within my life and their roles and the influence that they had on me and they still have on me. So when we think about therapy, I think what's interesting to address is that there are many different shapes of therapy. Yeah. The one of going to a professional counselor is not your only option. Right. Sharing your story with someone else, whether it's through a blog post or coffee or a phone call, whatever it may be, that's a form of therapy. And so that's how we started this organization is really capturing people's stories and how they've been able to overcome the challenges and obstacles to also provide some inspiration and encouragement for those that are currently going through it. What we've done since is we've also expanded into having in-person events. What's unique about each event is that it focuses on a different theme or an aspect of your story. And to give you an example, the three that we have coming up this year in September, October, November in uh, New York City, Washington, D.C., and San Diego, each one of them has its own different theme. And that is one is turn your pain into a powerful message. Hmm. The other one is the courage to be you. And the third one is flourishing beyond your circumstances. The common theme among the three is that it all goes to you. Everything relates to you. It is how you view a particular instance, what you do to move forward. And so, you know, our goal really has been to create this space for people who are in the position of being aware enough that they have to work on themselves. Yeah. And that as part of working on yourself, why not work on yourself with other people Mm. and expand your perspective, expand your world, 
because I think that's that's when really the light bulb moment happens. And that is, I think when, when I had moments like that, I began to understand, well, what is possible in this world? Mm. What can I not do? You know, I wanted to, to uh, before I, I ask my follow-up here, where can people find uh, more about this information you just described and how to possibly, if they're looking to get into something like this, where would they need to go? Mm-hmm. The first place that I would go is our website, and that is overcomingodds.today. Mm. On it, you'll be able to find the events, the podcast that we have weekly, and also a space called Stand Up and Speak Up. And that is the space where people can share their experiences of overcoming different adversities. What's unique about that particular experience is that you don't have to have been adopted or lived through the foster care journey. Mm. Because I think there's so much more that connects us. I've always believed that when I look at people, we are much more similar than we think we are. Yes. And it all boils down to how do I choose to look at every one of the individuals? If I choose to look for similarities, I will find the similarities. Yeah. If I choose to look at differences, I'll find the differences. So they're always there, and I think they're always in the most, I guess you could say, obvious spots. Mm-hmm. But it really boils down to what do you choose to focus your energy onto? Mm-hmm. That's why I think in, in a space like this, when we're talking about the events and helping people create a safe space where they can be themselves – one of the components that's also interesting is the energy. Yeah. Now, we could argue that there's a degree of that that we can control, but there's also a component of energy that we can't control. Mm-hmm. We can't control how it actually hits the other person. I might be able to influence it as far as the type of energy I choose to release onto you, but I can't control how you're going to react to it. Because you have to be either in a similar state of mind or you just being able to relate. You know, I, I think that uh, you are on to, I mean, you are addressing something that we don't hear too often. And that is leaders who have traumatic experiences of some kind. It may not be the adoption. It may not be the molestation. It may not be the drug, whatever it might be. But I, mm-hmm. I do believe in the power of narrative therapy because, you know, that's my background as well. And I remember, you know, I think Michael White, who founded this whole idea of narrative therapy and the power behind telling your story, not just once, but retelling the story and retelling the story. It amazes what it does to the mind. And so what I find that leaders who are able to do this, it opens them up to a world that they may not realize is there that makes them a power, a more powerful leader and to succeed where others failed. You know, I call that an more intelligent experience. But what happened is that that leader now is, is not just only have the self-awareness and the self-management piece, but the social awareness component is kicking in because he or she can see through a lens on people that they are leading to really generate what it is. Again, the bottom line is productivity and performance mm-hmm. and profitability and all those mm-hmm. different things. So I really am glad that you guys are you're doing this, um, Oleg. I'm glad you have, you're having the space for the leaders to really dig in and find themselves, but also to lead in a much more effective way. So I want to thank you for mm-hmm. the work you're doing. Thank you for sharing your story in a 
two-page blog post that really opened the door for this because today we are benefiting as a result of this. And I'm just really excited about the fact that you are my guest on the Kings of Grand Show because I think it's so unique to have somebody share this angle of leadership, which we don't hear too much about. Mm -hmm. And so this is very powerful. So as we're kind of wrapping up here, what's the one last word uh, you want to leave for our audience, but also... If a question that I would have asked that you would have wished I asked, you could also use that in wrapping up and tell us the best place again to connect with you. Well, as you were talking through all of this, <clears throat> the thing that really made sense in my mind was that I think one of the reasons why people quote unquote fail, and I think it's first of all, it's important to defile it, define what failure is. Yes. And I think failure is just an opportunity to learn. Say, say that again, please. I mean, that, that, is, that is powerful. Is an opportunity to learn. Awesome. And as part of that, I think why people, quote unquote, fail is because they stop three feet away from gold. Mm. And that is they stop learning. When you think about it, when I have had some of the most challenging times in my life, there was a part of me that said, why not? Why just, just stop now? Why keep going? But then there was also a part of me that said, well, you've made it through similar abs- obstacles before. You can do this again. Hmm. And so the more that I continue to do that, the more that I continue to learn, the closer I got to my goals. And that's where, I, that's, I think, the biggest difference between those that quote unquote, make it or achieve their goal or accomplish whatever it is that they set their mind to is that they don't stop because they keep the perspective that they are always three feet away from gold. Hmm. You just don't know what's possible. Think about it. You have the ability and you have the tools to connect with any individual through LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, any other social media platform. So knowing that, the opportunities and possibilities are endless. You you will find a way as long as you continue to stay on that track. Hmm. And that's what really worked for me and that's what it, it continues to make sense is that no matter how difficult the obstacle may be in front of me, it is never too great to overcome it because I know that I'm always three feet away from accomplishing that step. Wow. Wow, man, I, I'm telling you, this is, this is rich. And like I cannot tell you thank you, but I just want to say this. as I hope as you're listening to this last part, I, I, I think this is really, you summarize so well, the, the message you have brought through this interview, I think you kind of wrapped it up in this. It's almost putting the bow on the present you gave us. <laughs> and that mm-hmm. is, you know, you're so close, three feet away. And so your leadership, as you're looking at it, looking at that, looking at the people you're leading, remember this, as Oleg so aptly stated, you're just so close. You're just so close. And maybe what you might need 
is to attend one of these events he described, is maybe to reach out to Oleg and say, hey, you know, maybe it's um, to hear some other inf- uh, ways that he could possibly help you to is to follow, you know, read the blog or, uh, you know, add an article, whatever it is, you can really get that help you need. So don't give up. Know that mm-hmm. your 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 success is just really about three feet away. So hang in there. So Oleg, I want to say mm-hmm. on behalf of my audience here on the Kings of Grand Show, thank you. Thank you so, so very much for taking the time to share with us and to be so vulnerable and transparent, but also adding such great value to our audience. Thank you so very much. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on the show and giving me this opportunity to share my message with others. And there you have it, my friend. I I hope today that you received, like I did, some insights into how you can look into yourself and and use your past experiences, good and bad, to become the kind of leader that truly helped to transform the workplace. Imagine if you, as Oleg shared, was to ask the question, a series of questions or that question that truly tap into your inner self and reveal parts of your being that people can relate to. You know, I believe that one of the marks of remarkable leaders is that they are relatable. And nothing makes you more relatable than when you are able to connect at a level to your emotion and your heart to the people that you are leading. It truly is transformative. So I do hope that you're going to take this to heart and and examine and look at areas of your life that you could truly begin to share, as I talk about in my book, The Immortaligent Leader, Succeed Where Others Failed, that vulnerability. Sharing a part of yourself with those you're leading can truly connect and lead a transformation. So I, I do hope that you're going to uh, take this to heart, like I said, and and reassess and look at those pieces, those parts that you can truly use as connecting or connectors with those you're leading so that that workplace become transformative and you set a precedent as how people may want to go about feeling it's okay to share a part of themselves that they want to share with others that they spend so many hours with on a weekly basis, right? So thank you so much for taking the time to listen and sharing with this, sharing with us in this interview. And I want to remind you, my friend, that you are one skill, one skill away from your best hope. And today we hope you are brought closer to what that might look for, look, um, look, look like for you. Okay. So thank you again for being with us. With that said, my friend, you know the drill. Let's put this show back into the archives, right into the command center and into the vault. So would you help me put that away? Here we go. Here we go. There it is. Now that this show has been tucked away and I can safely exit the command center of the Immotelligent Leadership Institute and re-engage with the populace. So thank you for helping me to do that. With that said, my friend, you know the drill. Peace out. God bless. And I'll see you on the flip side. Yeah.